1: Welcome back to the two guys named Chris show on exchange here. We're preparing for a put up or shut up rock and roll trivia game. 20 minutes or so from now, 25 minutes. And I'm playing today. Chris Kelly, not Chris Dem because it's bizarro Friday here. And my theme song is always in the same place here. So we can put it in and play it. And uh, today it's not there. And Biggie just said, by the way, he thinks he thinks I have a shot at this game. Just he looking. called it.
2: He called your shot. Yeah, he said. I very unusual. Like, I feel like you are going to win today. I just. It's rare.
1: I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I just get the feeling. So I said, uh, "A, where is the theme song? I don't remember what it because the, you know P one if you beat me gets to choose the theme song and I couldn't remember what it was because we haven't played. I haven't played in three weeks mm. and so we couldn't remember it. And then uh, somebody said, "Well, I think it's Van Halen." Uh, we had chosen something. The last listener who beat me had chosen Van Halen. And somebody came up with, it's Running with the Devil. That's right. And so we will have it. Running with the Devil is the theme song. And then
2: Biggie said, well, I remember it now because I think you're the devil. Right. (laughs) Right. He said... That's how I associate oh, it. Oh, that's right. What's your theme song? Oh, it's running with the devil, because you are the devil. It's that word association thing, you know, because
3: you're the <laughs> devil. In, we used to call them mnemonic devices. Right.
1: But <laughs> so Biggie's using a p- mnemonic device <laughs> to say, I'm like the devil, and therefore running But with he the praises devil. you with positivity. You'll win. He says, I win today. So I hope that's mm-hmm. true. Before that, though, Lisa Lanier joins us. She's our official attorney of this program, LanierLawGroup.com. She's president there and she's talking about legal cases to solve. Lisa, how are you?
0: I'm fantastic. I hope you guys
1: are. Doing very well, thank you. Let me throw mm-hmm. some at you here that we're on when we were on vacation last week. Some major rulings have come down. One, Bill Cosby out of prison, and that I was stunned by this. Did the court do the right thing? Should he have ever been in prison? And and what happened there?
0: Well, the district attorney back at the time, this has been decades ago, really, when these allegations first came forward, the woman who uh, ended up with her, you know, her criminal charges ended up sticking for a while. Um, She had tried to prosecute him. The prosecutor at the time felt that he couldn't win it. You know, it was back way before this was kind of a a thing and, you know, before Me Too, before people kind of recognized that this was happening And so he said, I really don't think I can win this, but here's what I can do. She sued him civilly. So the prosecutor entered into a verbal agreement with Cosby's then attorney, who is now dead, Mm -hmm. and said, we will not prosecute you for this. We will give you immunity if he will testify openly and honestly in the civil proceeding and not plead the fifth. Because when somebody has a criminal charge pending or the threat of criminal charge flowing from their testimony – they can plead the fifth and not give testimony in a civil case. Mm -hmm. So what it enabled her to do was she ended up getting a a very large settlement after he testified, honestly, because he testified that he gave women quaaludes in order to get them to have sex with him. That's right. And so that was very damaging. She was able to get a very large settlement from him. But then here we come back different prosecutor decades later, and this prosecutor ignores that agreement and there's, it wasn't just that the, this prosecutor ignored it for no reason. This earlier prosecutor did not even put it in writing. It was just a verbal immunity agreement, which is a bit odd. Mm-hmm. You, know, you would think you would reduce that to a writing. But he said, I did it. He said, I gave him immunity, and I have to stick to that, and you guys should stick to that. And so this prosecutor, who now is one of Trump's attorneys, he came forward now, and he said, yes, I did. He testified, yes, I gave him immunity. It should stick.
1: Wow. So it did. Wow. Mm. Even just verbally. Well, I guess that does go on. Yeah. They give it to you verbally. Yeah, that's a Law and Order episode right there, Dave. Yeah,
4: there's a lot of law games
1: yeah. going on there. Isn't little, it? Uh, yeah, that'll be a little twist at the mm. end. And mm. You see that kind of stuff all the time on there, which, of course, I'm watching every afternoon for hours on end. Mm. We have uh, also, before we left on vacation, the uh, Supreme Court ruled that the NCAA players could use their name, image, and likeness to make money, uh, even though they are amateur athletes. Were you surprised by that ruling, Lisa?
0: You know, I think that's sort of something that has been coming, and we've I mean, there's a lot of talk about it. It'll be interesting to see the impact that it has. The big worry, of course, is that the schools will no longer make the money that they made from these endorsement deals because that money can be going to these amateur athletes. So it, it may hurt. I mean, it may hurt uh, taxpayers, you know, because we're, we're going to have to offset what used to be subsidized by, like, the ACC mm-hmm. and the NCAA getting money from these sponsors. Now it can go to these kids.
5: Oh, mm. so
1: will they raise ticket prices and pass the bill on or to tuition. us or tuitions?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they'll have to if they lose that revenue. It's oh. a lot of money.
1: Tuitions are high mm. enough. Mm. I can speak to that for He's sure. got one kid who's probably going. That's right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're starting to look at yeah. college. We're not looking too hard, but we're starting to look at some mm-hmm. colleges around here. So who do you, who decides Like who would get a jersey made? off a team
1: you know what I saw was uh these guys are now like they're endorsing products already a few have started to like endorse a product and that's the way they're making money does the jersey thing count too if you're the quarterback of Alabama can you have your jersey made and Nike does a deal with you where they sell it and you get some money
0: well you know that'll be an interesting it would have to be something that you know the school if it was the Jersey you wore during the game. I would think the school would figure out a way to get some money off that too. I yeah. would hope because yeah. the schools really do need. And there's also a big disparity. I, my goddaughter is a um, well, she's in med school now, but she was a track and cross country standout in college at Carolina. And she was talking about, you know, I'm a non-revenue sport person, and so you know, we we basically are really going to hurt by this because mm-hmm. the revenue sports. It's very important for the schools to have these big revenue sports and endorsements are a big part of that.
5: Mm-hmm. And, um,
0: you know, the money that, that they get. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for schools. But, yeah, I, I think if it's a jersey that you wear during the game, the school has to participate
1: in that. Uh, they would get something out of that. I it? think it's going to yeah. be a mess. I do, too. I oh, it is a mess. Gigantic yes. mess. Yeah, it's going to be a long time before we figure this out. And the
2: corruption, we've not seen levels of corruption.
1: Like, we'll see. Okay. Uh, yeah. Might make you busier,
2: Lisa. You know that uh, Barstool Sports that's very popular, they're basically – Starting barstool athletes, college athletes, a sponsoring. And, yeah, a every deals? day, mm-hmm. every day they're showing like an athlete that's now quote a barstool. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if they're sponsoring just under their house; that they'll handle their endorsements for uh, them. Yeah, yeah. But they said that they've received like a hundred and six thousand applications already. Yeah. They're wanting to do that, and, it just, and they're oh, grabbing yeah. from everywhere: football. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
1: you know, girls' sports, mm-hmm. guys'
2: sports, everything.
1: And this just happened a few weeks ago. The uh, story yeah. today too that Lisa's commenting on on the airport: a couple had to stay overnight in their wheelchairs, more than 10 hours waiting for a connecting flight at Charlotte Douglas International Airport. They were going from Fayetteville, North Carolina, back to Oklahoma City where they live, Clarence and Carol Marler, traveling home. But when they were uh, there for a layover in Charlotte, their son says they were left unattended in wheelchairs, which they got from the airport. And when they got up, The guy they requested assistant uh, for assistance wheelchairs. And when the guy, the father got up and started walking, he tripped and injured himself or he Mm -hmm. was I guess he'd been sitting there so long he injured himself. So he's saying the son is saying the airport should never have left them alone, unattended in wheelchairs for hours and hours while they were waiting on a flight. Does he have a case here or is that the airport's responsibility to look in on two passengers like that? Lisa, what are you thinking?
0: You know, there's really not a lot of recourse for these folks. I mean, I think American Airlines has come forward and apologized, and they did offer a hotel room when they missed their flight. Mm-hmm. The couple declined because they thought they had, would have issues getting back and forth with transportation. Mm-hmm. And I gather that this is not a couple. This is They're elderly, but they're not normally in wheelchairs. I think they just borrowed, you know, like sometimes people do mm-hmm. at the airport. You're kind of, you know, it's a long way for an elderly person to walk maybe, so they borrow a wheelchair and, and they get pushed instead. So the thing that sort of didn't add up to me about this is if these are two people who are not normally wheelchair bound, but mm-hmm. they're just sitting in these wheelchairs and they're in this room, why sit there for 10 hours? You right, know what I mean? Right. Like, why not, why not go, you know, if you're able to walk, walk out the door
1: mm-hmm.
0: or, you know, and, and ask for help. I mean, it just seemed a little bit odd that they sat there for 10 hours.
1: I agree. Without
0: I- calling for help. I mean, just something didn't really add up about it, but mm-hmm. the the problem for them is that um, there is this ACAA, that's the Air Carrier Access Act, and it's basically like the ADA for airports and, and airlines, and it basically gives just the very simplest of protection in terms of you must have accessible, you know, aisles, you must have, um, you know, for people, you have to have uh, hearing-impaired hearing, you know, accommodations and things like that, but there's no teeth in it. You can't sue under it. All you can do is make a complaint to the Department of Transportation. So there's really no teeth there. So I don't think they have a lot of recourse, you
1: know. I think mm. you're right. The founder of a website, I, WheelchairTravel.com. Oh, is that that's, a thing? That's a thing. His name is John Morris. He says these airlines are pushing people around with this kind of stuff. They can do whatever I they want. But they want to be pushed around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: doing I see what their, you did there. They're doing I their see, job. I, see I what you have did. a question. This, is, this may not be a legal question for Lisa Lanier, but, you know, we flew over the weekend, and we saw a number of people. Needing wheelchair assistance, like Lisa says, they're not necessarily wheelchair bound. They just need extra assistance because airports are big. Mm-hmm. Do you tip the guy who pushes you from terminal A to terminal C?
1: I say no. I would of course, think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know you're. I would, I would. I, would, I, I, no to I, would. I don't
0: know if they would. I don't know if they would take it. I don't know if they're allowed to take it, but I would certainly offer it. I mean, they're not sky. Caps. They're not like They used to be, no. but
3: but they are no. moving you. They're not moving your bags.
4: They're moving you. They're pushing yeah. you around. They are. They're fully employed by the airport, though.
1: Right. They they don't work on tips. Oh, well, of course you are. Uh, you tip the guys who take your luggage, like you were just saying. You know, you, well, you do,
3: used to. You yeah.
1: Don't do that anymore. Well,
3: they don't check in out front anymore.
1: They don't... That's gone from all... I don't travel. Remember September 11th? I don't travel. I haven't seen Skycap in a while. They don't do that? Oh, that's right. Because, yeah, September 11th, they don't do that anymore. There's another woman who is suing today, and we're not sure who is responsible here. Her name is Francine McCullough, and she lives in Oklahoma. She woke up to four inches of sewage and sludge and feces. She stepped right in it. Right in... On her way to the bathroom, her toilet and her tub had had sewage come right through it, raw sewage. She wasn't the only one either. So her neighbors had the same thing. She walked through it, her sofa, you know, you can see the line where the sewage was. She stepped right in, it was up past her ankles. And she said it was just absolutely awful, which you can imagine. And now she wants somebody to take care of this. The landlord has offered her a, a place in a hotel to put her up in a hotel, but he says he's not responsible. That's the city that's responsible. Oklahoma City would be responsible for this. Uh, they say, no, this is on the landlord. When this happens, who does come to the rescue here, Lisa? What do you think?
0: Yeah, this poor lady, she you know, she woke up, stepped in like over over ankle high poo. I That's mean, just right. her whole apartment. Flooded. Right. It's just nasty as I'll get out. The problem for her is that they're pointing the finger at each other. The way the law is in the majority of jurisdictions, and this would probably impact her as well, is that the property owner is responsible for what's called lateral lines and the city is only responsible for the very main sewage line which is pretty rare that it's the main line that's clogged it's usually the lateral line mm-hmm. so it's almost always the property owner that's responsible but the here the owner of her apartment is not stepping up and taking responsibility so it's it's a problem and you know it's not like she can probably afford to sue these people to make to replace all of her belongings she's probably just gonna have to start over and mm. you know oh. the little guy kind of get grouped on here yeah, yeah. yeah she, oh. says, she says
1: she's got nothing oh. she says she has nothing and no means to yeah. sue the landlord. And what you're just saying is true. Now, that landlord needs to step up and do the right thing. He ain't going to do it. If that's yeah. his
2: responsibility, he's not going
1: to do it. You're a st- landlord. You know it. Oh, you're right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: good. Point, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it always gets awkward when we remind you of oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about that till the check comes in, right? <laughs> that's
4: right. Like uh, to with those lateral lines, uh, wouldn't you? It's <laughs> uh, on
1: the city. That's on all, the, on the city.
5: all
4: on the city. And this woman for putting uh, g- bacon grease down her drain. Right. <laughs>
1: fact it might have been that I, I would look into that to see what went down her drain but it wasn't just her though i mean it was nasty it was a gross but she's
4: weekend. the only unit that got it in that oh, well, her
1: neighbor her
4: neighbor got it too two her of them were assuming too, the ground yeah. floors yeah. but this lady was vocal about i mean she has she's, The thought, city would sit there and say well the rest of the building didn't get it so you can't prove it on them so it's oh evidently way. the it's Landry. the outgoing yep it's from that, the building to the street. It's that line. The uh, this is
1: an int- To me, this is a very interesting story. A former employee of Steak and Shake, a teenager, uh, had just left. It was her last day employed at Steak and Shake. And she put on her social media a handful of worms. And she said, look, I cook a steak. I cook a burger here at Steak and Shake, and there's worms in the burger. So she oh, that's a, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She had worms in her hand. Now she's an outgoing employee, ready to go. Mm. The post was deleted, but not before it was shared thirty six thousand times and viewed by thousands more people than that. And of course, everybody said, "Oh my God, don't go to Steak and Shake. Look what's going on at Steak and Shake." Well, they sued and got $80,000 in damages because they say they lost business over this worm photo, which wasn't real. She totally made the whole thing up. They were fake worms that were in her hand. doesn't matter. And she said it came out. Well, now, here's my thing on this, though. This is social media. And all really social media is is a gathering of your own friends, right? So my question, Lisa, was, like, let's say I was at a party, okay, and there were 50 people there. And I told a few people, you're not going to believe what happened when I went to Steak and Shake, or I used to work at Steak and Shake, and uh, there's worms in the burgers. And then they all tell their friends, and before you know it, the whole city's hearing about You know how, like, word yeah. of mouth. You can't get sued yeah. for that. Yeah. You can't get sued for that. So why, when you put it on your social media, which basically <clears throat> is just an electronic version of that, of all your friends gathered, why can you get sued and lose in that case, Lisa? What do you think?
0: Well, if you make public statements, even just verbal public statements that are false that mm-hmm. harm a business like this, you can be sued. So it used to be that the law made this big distinction between libel and slander mm-hmm. um, being you know printed versus verbal. But now it's all kind of lumped into one big category of defamation. And whether you spoke it or put it on your social media or whatever, if you have defamed a business entity and they can show that they were harmed economically, then they can come after you just like this. And like this lady... You know, she's uh, she's got an 80000 young person, got an $80,000 judgment on her head
5: yeah. now,
0: yeah.
1: and uh, federal court, big deal. So so you're saying that even if I just said that at a party to five friends. Shooting your mouth off at a party. Shooting my mouth off at a party. Here yeah. comes steak and shake versus loud mouth. That's right. So if I'm shooting my mouth <laughs> off at a party, and my five friends tell everybody in the room, and everybody goes out and tells I it comes back to me, I can still be sued by steak and shake? If
0: you do it out there in the public, I mean, you know, if you do it in the privacy of your own home, might be the only thing where that would be protected, mm-hmm. as long as it's not an opinion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, opinion is protected. Like, mm-hmm. you know, wow, you know, to me that burger tasted like worms. I mean, you know, that's uh-huh. a little bit different yeah. because that's your your own personal opinion about it versus mm-hmm. there's handfuls of worms in these in these burgers. Right. And it turns out, you know, it's totally untrue, and they proved it. And what you're seeing is more and more companies are going after people like this Because social media puts it out there so rapidly, and it does hurt, like it hurts this local
5: Mm -hmm. business,
0: you know, that local franchise. And so they started going after these people. I'm sure it cost them a lot of money to go after her. Mm -hmm. Um, They sued her in federal court, a lot of attorney sees, But to them, it's worth it because they want to shut these people down and and maybe put a stop to this
1: kind of thing. Well, see, that kind of thing has changed, because when social media and even websites were first becoming a thing, we would discuss stuff like this, and it would hurt you. You couldn't broadcast it on the TV or radio or print it in the newspaper, but it was different if it was on online or social media because there was no it was like the wild west out there see so my example then was
4: completely baseless and boundless absolutely it doesn't hold water at all (laughs) it was it was as bad as those worms that weren't in the burger (laughs) (laughs) that's right i mean because if you just say it and you say it at a party at your house or someone else's house you just deny it later i mean this they've got proof that she put it out
1: well true but so it'd be harder to prove, but if you could prove, at least saying it's the same thing. It really, and you could be sued mm-hmm. for it. But you're right. I would say I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't she, say that. she put right. it in her hand. She yeah. put worms in her hand. Now I don't know. She probably. Doesn't. You're
0: probably gonna be okay if you do. you probably gonna be okay if you do it in a more private setting because you're not publishing it. You know, yeah, but yeah. if you publish it, well, even verbally, if you put it out there to the public,
1: yeah. So um,
0: then you, you can get in trouble.
1: Somebody has video of me mm-hmm. saying at a party, even if they never post it anywhere, right. and it goes through the, town, goes through the town. It's, and it's delicious. not delicious. Right. Be careful of what you say then. And finally, a, a treasure hunter has sued the estate of a Santa Fe, New Mexico antiquities dealer. You probably know about this. A lawsuit is claiming that Forrest Finn, who sparked a years-long treasure hunt, remember that, out in the mm-hmm. West, and people died trying to find it, Moved the loot moments before he died. <laughs> no, excuse me. Moments before. Moments before the loot was found. A day before it was found, he moved it. That's crooked. So now they're talking about suing. Now, what is going on here, Lisa? Do you think he really did move it? And what's the lawsuit about?
0: You know, I think the prevailing opinion is that this guy—that the whole thing was a hoax. And yeah. you know, and he—he he was a—he was a real character. He had sort of his whole career, his whole life. He had sort of bent the rules and done all these kind of prankster, hoaxy kind of things. In fact, he, he came out of the military. He was a pilot, and he came out of the military with all this treasure that he had collected from other countries. And a lot in a lot of situations, you know, maybe he shouldn't have taken it, people are saying, but he, he would collect artifacts from all mm-hmm. these countries that he was flying in and out of. And because he was flying his own plane, it wasn't like he was going through customs or anything. You know, mm-hmm. so he was flying military aircraft. And he just sort of, his whole career did things like this. And he's actually, before he died, he was sued a couple of times by the people who had gone out looking for this treasure. And he was making, he was selling the, the book that had the clues in it on Amazon for $350 pop. So Ooh. he was kind of making a lot of money off this. And they say that somewhere between 350,000 and half a million people went searching for this. Five people died. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's something that was he was profiting from,
5: mm-hmm.
0: and so I think, you know, what this guy is saying that has come forward now, a man in France figured it out. He emailed the the uh, guy and said, "Look, I figured it out, and I'm on my way to get it." Mm-hmm. And then he gets there, and it's gone. <laughs> and uh, but the the, the estate <laughs> says the estate says that there is that they can prove that there is a guy who found it. They say he's a 32 year old med student from Michigan. Yeah. So if that's true, then, you know, it turns out not to be a hoax. But, you know, so far, he, this the interesting thing is this guy has been able to knock down and get dismissed every lawsuit. I think this is the third lawsuit mm. that's been filed against him because I think his position is, look, you know, I, this is just this was just something fun I did. You know, this wasn't something that was like a scheme I didn't charge people necessarily, but I think what people are saying is yeah you did you you know you charged us for the book that had the clues.
4: Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh But the book doesn't promise that you'll find it. No, no. Just had clues. There's plenty of diet there's plenty of diet books out there that tell you're you gonna lose weight and Uh thank you. And you get disappointed and don't do it. (laughs) Tell me about it. Because you gotta have that cookie. Uh But I'll tell you what, if he moved it the night before
1: it was when somebody from France is coming to get it and then he moved it, that's dirty pool. That mm, is if he really did do that. Um I, if I were the guy from France, it's like, why tell him? Why don't you just go get, it? Yeah, go you know, get if, it? If you know where it is, go get it. And and he wound up moving it right before. Very weird. And then the guy died at age nine. Something about this guy that hid the treasure, I like. He plays people.
2: I don't know what it is mm-hmm. about him, but I yeah, like You know him. your own. I- <laughs>
1: well, some,
2: Schemers, some people scammers. think, you know,
0: he was the uh, the FBI and the Bureau of Land Management came after him uh, some time ago, and they took a bunch of his artifacts because he had also pilfered artifacts from indigenous uh, people and stuff and they they raided him and they took a bunch of his artifacts and so some people believe that he did this to get back at the bureau of land management and the fbi because there have been lots of instances where you know he's got up to half a million people crawling all through federal property looking for this because he because he buried it in a national park Ah. and so they're thinking maybe that was his little revenge he also got into a lot of bizarre Sort of um, like sexting situations via email with a bunch of women who were looking for the treasure. They would, He would encourage people to email him. And then when it was a female, he would start asking for nude pictures and stuff. It was, it was an interesting guy.
5: Mr. Finn. Yeah, he's
1: 90 years old. <laughs> well,
4: he's 90. Got your treasure right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you where the treasure is to see your boobs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Lisa Lanier, our official attorney of the two guys, a great report today. A lot of interesting stories and one bad analogy made by myself. Mm -hmm. That's uh, today's edition of Lawyer Up. We'll have her again next week. Of course, you can find her online, lanierlawgroup.com
5: or hireheavyweight.com. Thank you, Lisa. Have a great day. You too. Have a great weekend. Thank you. There she goes.